Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaim Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. If you're new here, hi, hello, and welcome. You may notice that I'm whispering a bit. I got up early. Well, let me start over. <laughs> I was awakened at 6 a.m. It is Thursday, May 11th, uh, currently 736 I was awakened um, because my daughter in the next room, um, I guess she was having a night terror, bad dream, something like that. Um, and you know, moms, we just, <laughs> when the baby started making noises, we were up. And so she settled herself down, went back to sleep. So I was like, fine, I'll try to go back to sleep. My body was like, nope, the sun is up. You can be up too. And I was like, you know what? This is a good time to just go ahead and record this podcast. Well, I sat down, I got up, I made my coffee, I threw some water on my face, I gathered my thoughts, sitting down to record this at about 6.45ish. Again, another night terror, where this time she's screaming. I drop everything, not physically, but like, you, you guys get the, you guys get the expression, and go running into her room. She, the first thing she does, she looks up at me, she said, mommy snuggles. And hence why <laughs> I am currently recording this at 7.36. I have put her back to sleep, hopefully successfully. Um, and hopefully she gets a few more winks because later on today we have her first dentist appointment. So, uh, y'all, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> the ones that actually work, please. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and I think that is a poignant way to start this episode, um, days before Mother's Day. This weekend is Mother's Day weekend. Um, I have nothing planned. I did not put anything on the docket. Um, I, I'm very, very simple when it comes to gifts and things like that. Like, I like to spend a lot of time. I do love a gift, though. Like, I love to give gifts. I love to receive gifts. I'm a gift giver is my thing. I love it. Um, and I'm hoping for the day where I can lavish gifts upon people um currently just you know doing what I can um but I I don't really plan anything I don't really know if anything's planned for me um these people like to around this house like to surprise me we will see we will see um and we'll talk about that a little bit more in this show but before we get to all of that let's talk about last week's episode called no bad news um, I'm just going to be really frank, frank and really honest. The show before last week really took me out. It was a very difficult show. Um, it may not have seemed like a difficult show, but it was a very difficult show. Um, and I just, I get tired of talking about bad news. I'm just going to be really transparent and it feels like there's so much of it. There's this happening, this date, there's that happening in that state. And it feels like a, a swirling of chaos. And no, personally, my life is good, peaceful, quiet, um, flourishing, thriving. I'm very, very happy if I'm looking just in my own insular bubble. But I'm incapable of just looking in my own insular bubble um, when I know that someone else out there is suffering and I can help. Um, you know, it gets to a person constantly going through 
these news feeds and I, I let me let me start by saying this stop by saying this I enjoy producing this show for you every week I try to give you guys as many episodes as I can um, those of you guys who are on patreon y'all know y'all have the exclusive podcast over there there's blog posts there's Instagram posts there's TikTok videos there's tweets there's it's content after content after content after content there's a lot of content out there that I produce um, and I don't say all this to complain I say all this for realization um, it gets to a person you know every so often you just need to hear that humanity is not going down the toilet <laughs> that good things are happening that there are good people out there working on the same things that you are and that life is flourishing and life still is full of promise um, and you can and should keep going. And that's why I needed the, go- the good news episode because I was tired. <laughs> I'm just tired. I'm just, I'm just going to be really transparent. Um, and I thank you guys for walking with me, um, in that journey, uh, through all of this, learning my own boundaries, learning my own sensitivities, um, because this is still a learning and growing process. I know this podcast is several years old, but as people, we're either growing or learning or we're dying. So I choose, I choose the former. <laughs> I choose to be growing and learning um, until my last breath. I choose that. Um, with all that being said, the good news episode is still there. All the episodes you can feel free to binge. As I always say, there is one person who does not mind you binging the Reclaim podcast. And it is me. It is I. Hi, it's me. Um, so yeah, go ahead and take a listen to that. Um, you know what? We can go ahead and dive in. I was going to do church announcements. I was going to talk about what's going on with George Santos because he has been charged with like 13 different charges. Um, we've talked about George Santos at length in the previous episodes. So if you need to um, hear some stuff about him, you can go listen to other episodes. Um, Donald Trump has also been former president, twice impeached, first indicted president, Donald Trump, see the kind of history he's making, um, has been found guilty or liable, sorry, liable, different, different thing. Um, my legal friends will help me out with that, but has been found liable, um, in the, the sexual assault case, um, I forget the lady's name. Y'all forgive me. Hold on one second. Um, yeah, he's been found liable. Uh, and he's been ordered to pay, um, what, like $5 million, something like that? Yeah, something like $5 million. Um, oh, y'all be busy out there at 730 in the morning. That is a lot of noise to be honking at people. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Mm-mm-mm. Anywho, um, I'm sorry, E. Jean Carroll, E. Jean Carroll was the, the lady's name. Um, he's been found liable of that. He has been for, um, he has been, uh, told to pay. <laughs> Forgive me for the lack of legal jargon, y'all. Like I said, it's 7.30 in the morning, and I've just spent 45 minutes putting a toddler down who's been having night terrors, and this caffeine refuses to kick in. Um, The point is, uh, that happened. Uh, 
this is a victory for victims and people who are not believed. The reason why E. Jean Carroll didn't come forward before is the same reason why a lot of women don't come come forward, which is wild when you think about it. So many more, there's this pervasive, and I don't mean to talk about this, but since we're on the topic, there's this pervasive belief that women lie, that women have to be lying. Despite the fact that we have studies that show um, the rate of sexual assault and sexual violence and, you know, verbal harassment. We have all of these, we have all this data with all this information, but we also have a wealth of stories. We have stories from our mothers, our grandmothers, our cousins, our, our, our nieces, unfortunately, our, 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 our daughters, unfortunately. We have all these stories and we know how people are treated. We know that most victims will never come forward. Um, and the ones that do are overwhelmingly telling the truth, but they're afraid to come forward because they're not believed. And that's heartbreaking and sickening and frustrating and disgusting that we have this entire society that is built upon the preservation of a man's legacy as opposed to a woman's health and truth. So this was definitely a victory. I know somebody's going to come out of nowhere at the same people who don't like um, uh, Meg the Stallion for coming forward and telling the truth about being shot in the literal foot by a black man, <laughs> which I could dissect that and turn that into something. I just, I just haven't. <laughs> um, that this woman literally tried to preserve the life of Tory Lanez um, in the face of like, you know, police and that she didn't pursue charges, but the state of California pursued charges that she probably would have never even continued with this. If Tori hadn't come out and pretended that he was innocent when he literally shot this woman in the foot and then tried to make her, um, the villain for it. And all the people who fell for that, including women, dizzy broads. And this is the type of stuff that, that folks need to talk about. Like, I was listening to a podcast, uh, Demetria Lucas, um, Ratchet and Respectable, if y'all haven't listened to it. I think I've talked about it several times on on this podcast. But Demetria Lewis was um, retelling a harrowing story of, of someone breaking in to her. She was on vacation. Someone broke into her bungalow. Um, a guy that she was talking to, like, down at the pool club. And she was like, all right, I'm going to go lay down. And she goes to lay down and she wakes up and this man is in her bungalow. She didn't invite him up. She didn't even tell him which one it was. He came and he found her, came inside and waited for her to wake up. That is terrifying that people feel like that, that kind of, that kind of access, that kind of like, I could just do whatever I want with you sort of thing. And that's scary but that is the reality that a lot of people live in and I don't mean to make this a gender thing because I know that you know abuse can happen to anyone it it can happen to anyone um regardless of your gender regardless of your um, sexual orientation um but I'm speaking from a a man to a heterosexual man to a heterosexual woman perspective and, you know, we're not believed. We're not believed 
despite the fact that people know people people know they just they just don't want to deal with it and so I say rah-rah for women like Meg Thee Stallion women like E. Jean Carroll women who will come forward and and tell the truth and tell what happened retell the story um and fight for victory this is a victory um, I think it's very, very irresponsible that CNN decided to give Donald Trump a platform. Oh, yes, they did this. They did this last night, in fact. Didn't even hear about it personally. I was I was probably coloring or something. <laughs> the point? <laughs> yeah, they decided to uh, give um, Donald Trump a platform where he spent 70 minutes lying and being fact-checked. Um, I think it's highly irresponsible to give a person who... person who like I said is twice impeached the first indicted president um, found liable of sexual assault um, and gave him an audience of 400 live people who um, were sitting and laughing at his jokes sitting and laughing at his misogyny on air on CNN CNN y'all it's not Fox News where like the news is kind of like news ish <laughs> You know, like, I was like, there's a difference between news and responsible journalism. And you're platforming a person whose words led to an insurrection attempt. Could have been successful had they found some of the leaders that they were looking for. The vice president's life was at risk. The speaker of the house life was at risk. How many Congress people's lives and AIDS lives and all these other folks' lives were at risk? People hiding in closets, people barricading doors because a man said, fight, fight like hell. And, the, and then went back to the White House and did nothing to help these people. Nothing to call in anyone's guard, nothing. Just watched and enjoyed. Meanwhile, all types of people were calling him, trying to get help. Mike Pence's entire family, wife, children were in there. People came to, to witness the alleged, the uh, alleged transi peaceful transition of power. People's lives were lost that day. Like, I think people need to remember people's lives were lost that day. People, not just people, I'm not saying just as a reductionary way, but not, not only people, not only do people physically die, People were traumatized. People committed suicide after that day. And this man gets airtime to be misogynist and gross and disgusting on CNN. It was so embarrassing. He's an embarrassment. He is an embarrassment. And anyone who agrees with him is an embarrassment. January 6th was an embarrassment. But it could have been a horror it could have been a, a absolute terror to watch. So I don't know what CNN is thinking, but I assume that they just lost a bunch of people who were supporting them. It's like they're rebranding into Fox News and Fox News. It's not going well for Fox News. Have you noticed all the lawsuits? Have you noticed um, that they are being held accountable for a lot of the lies that they've peddled? You want to go down that same rabbit hole? For what? White supremacy? Well, I don't, I don't see the point. I don't see the point. 
gross, gross, gross. Um, oh, y'all, before we dive into the thing I actually wanted to talk about, um, the coronation happened. <laughs> For anyone who really wanted to hear about white supremacist nonsense, yo, y'all had me screaming on the internet. I, you know, I have to, I have to give it to American Twitter, American Twitter, specifically black Twitter, but overall American Twitter because y'all were funny that day nothing says American revolutionists (laughs) like the dragging that happened on Twitter American Twitter during the coronation somebody said and I quote the royal family the royal family tree is a wreath a wreath y'all I died I died like I laughed so hard it made me dizzy Y'all called this, y'all done said that the side chicks are up now, um, cause Camilla is now queen of, (laughs) queen of England. Um, what else did y'all say? Y'all, y'all were cutting up and you know what? That's fine. That's fine to cut up. I think it's hilarious how irreverent we are about these types of things. Um, this is like British culture, British heritage. You know, they're pulling out books and Bibles from like a thousand years ago. They're doing like rituals that are like ancient, like actually ancient, not like American ancient, which is only like a few hundred years old, but ancient thousands of year old rituals. They're pulling out all their colonizer jewelry, everything that they stole from various continents, um, continents, Jesus, but yeah, continents, different continents outside of their own, um, we're sitting in Westminster Abbey and you're looking around like, how did they pay for all of this ornate stuff? <sighs> like it's probably exploitation of black and brown people like at its roots. I love how Europe like pretends like, oh no, we've evolved. Like we've evolved beyond race. And like, yeah, but you still have crown jewels from, from Africa, like in your crown jewels. Like y'all haven't given that stuff back. Um, your museums and American museums too. America, listen, the last thing I'm gonna do is cape for this this raggedy raggedy country and the way it's been treating people who look like me. Um, but let's let's be real and honest. Where did it all come from? <laughs> it didn't start here. The people brought that here. White supremacy uh, is a, is an import <laughs> is an import to these lands because the original people who were here didn't have white supremacy. Now, they may have had some other stuff, but that's up to them to discuss. Um, and that's in their histories. The current rule of the land is white supremacy. And I don't like that because <laughs> it locks out too many other people, <coughs> specifically anyone who is not cis, heterosexual, able-bodied, and wealthy men, white men specifically. Um, a Christian, let's throw a Christian in there too. Um, so, yeah. That was an experience. Um, I mostly enjoyed y'all's commentary. Um, I know people like pomp and circumstance. And, you know, there was a lot of that. Lots of pomp and circumstance. There was also moments of direct shading to Harry. Which I'm like, alright, well, y'all can be mad if you want to. But it, all he did, all this entire situation did, and the way that they treated Harry was affirm what Harry said in his book spare. That's all it did. Y'all just, to- y'all just essentially told everybody that Harry wasn't lying, nor was he embellishing that he was telling the truth. 
So y'all can have your inbred family. Y'all can have, y'all can have your wreath family. Y'all can do all of that over there. Harry seems very content over here. He and his wife are making their money and living their life and lives and being safe. And yes, they are technically still royals, but now, like, it's wild to me because, like, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this, this man. He's lost his mother, you know, in a tragic, sudden way. And his father is, y'all see him. Y'all see the way the man acts. Um, his brother, I don't know if he's going along to get along or if he's just as cruel. Um, his wife is being harassed the same way his, he watched his mother be harassed. Um, and they managed to escape all of this and they are just now getting to a place of normalcy and you know, I, I wish them nothing but the best. I wish them nothing but joy and peace, um, on their journey. I also wish that, you know, Harry's hair follicles hold on because William, woof, woof, that hair is shiny. For a person who's like my age, I'm like, sir, you are a, ro sell some, are y'all, do y'all just not do this? Y'all don't just get hair plugs? Y'all don't, that's not, that's not something that the British want to do. Um, and you're just holding on to the few sparse hair. Like, that don't feel right, William. William, when I was younger, William was like the heartthrob. Like, Harry was like the bad boy. Um, and it's funny because me and Harry are the same age. <laughs> and, but, I, like, I feel like I'm William's age. It's very it's very bizarre. I don't know why that, that is. Um, but William was like the heartthrob and Harry was like the bad, the bad kid. Uh, because William was so, like, he was, like, well-behaved. And, like, he did all the, like, things you would expect and, like, Blah, 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 blah. Fast forward and William's an asshole <laughs> and Harry is the love of our lives. So, you know, me, there may be something to letting the, letting the kids like live a little bit. <laughs> I'm not saying be out here and be destructive, but like Harry, Harry is all right in our book. Harry is all right. And you could tell he was, he felt all right because as soon as his daddy's like little situation was done, he was on a plane. He said, I am going back to celebrate my son's fourth birthday. I'm going to go be with my family. Um, y'all have fun with this and all this. We'll probably be having a coronation again in what Charles is like 76, not to be ages, not to, you know, his mama lasted forever, but y'all spent 125 million pounds on this here situation. And you might be doing it again in a few years. Who knows? Who knows? Shout out to the British taxpayers. Um, all right, let's get to the thing I really wanted to get to. Motherhood. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about motherhood. I wanted to talk about me personally um, and the things that I've observed. Now, this could be an entire podcast unto itself, like a podcast show, like not just one episode, but a podcast show. Um, but I... I think we need to start having more nuanced conversations around motherhood. And so this is going to be an attempt to start that. Um, yeah. So I have been a mom for like five minutes, <laughs> but there have been some things that I personally just have observed, uh, in my own motherhood, in our 
our exploration of moms in discovering and learning more about motherhood. And this jumped out at me. Um, we talked last week about the Met Gala. And I watched Rihanna, you know, in all of her glory with her baby bump. Um, her just, they just look so happy. I also looked at Serena, Serena Williams, um, who last August told us all, or was it September? Last year, <laughs> last year around August or September, uh, told us all that she was retiring from tennis in a very heartfelt, you could feel the emotion in what she was writing in Vogue. And I wrote a piece for parents about it. Shout out to the Kindred family over at P uh, Parents. Um, if y'all haven't, please go over and support their work. Um, they are, they're doing the damn thing for parents. Let me just leave it at that. Um, uh, so Serena wrote this piece as her farewell to tennis. It was her love, her career, what she devoted the majority of her life to. Um, and you could hear the ache in words that she wrote, like, believe me, this is a quote, believe me, I never wanted to have to choose between tennis and a family. I don't think it's fair. If I were a guy, I, would, I wouldn't be writing this because I'd be out there playing and winning while my wife was doing the physical labor of expanding our family. Remember that Serena went through some, went through some things, <laughs> you know, pulmonary embolism is no joke, <laughs> no joke. Uh, she went through some things with that last pregnancy to Olympia. Um, and it, it shows the disparities, like even still, you could be the wealthiest, most famous of black women, I mean, of women, period. And still black women are not believed again. Like, so, um, it is physical labor. There's a lot that happens to a body. Um, there's a lot happens after <laughs> the baby comes. Um, and there's still some things, some residual things, like I'm two and a half years from giving birth and I'm still not back to who and what I was, um, you know, health wise. So, and I'm just noticing changes and things like that. And, you know, the body will always change, but there's, there's something to be said about, you know, living in a body for 35 years, you kind of get to know it. Um, especially around those adult years, you're like, yeah, you know, it's my body. Like I'm used to this, but like, like certain things I could set by a clock. I could tell you exactly what's wrong with what, um, but after giving birth to Emery, it's just like a brand new body. It's like, okay, what's that? <laughs> Where did this come from? How did that get there? <laughs> but Serena, um, you know, she, she, was, she was very candid and very honest about her feelings about saying goodbye to tennis, um, which is, has been her life's work. But she also admits that it's a sacrifice. She wrote that tennis by comparison um she's comparing her her motherhood with tennis so i think by tennis by comparison has always been a sacrifice though it's always been one that i enjoyed making where previously she says the fact that nothing is a sacrifice for me when it comes to olympia it all just makes sense now i'm speaking for myself and what i read about serena so I'm not talking about all moms, you know, every mother's experience is different and there's as many ways to mother as there are mothers. So I'm just speaking from my personal experience and 
what I read about Serena. So if that's not your experience, that's fine. <laughs> if, if that's not what you're, what you've lived through, that's fine too. Okay. Um, I just want to make sure we're all clear about what's going on here. And I don't want anyone to feel any judgment or castration or indignation or any of those Asians. I want everybody, <laughs> I want everybody to feel welcome to this conversation, especially people who are not moms, because there's some things that you need to understand that I did not understand until I got here. Um, and it's like, we can have all the conversations all we want, but if we're not listening to each other, then what's the point? Um, and so seeing Serena at the Met Gala felt like, it felt like a victory. It felt like she won in a way, you know, um, bigger than a grand slam, bigger than, than, you know, I don't know what those things are called. You know, when they hold up those silver plates, y'all know what I'm talking about. Someone's y'all are crying right now. I know it. I'm sorry. I'm embarrassing myself. Y'all know, I don't know the sports, but you know, they have those big plates or they have those big vases that they hold up when they win things. Um, those things <laughs> bigger than those seeing that little baby bump, um, and seeing her with her husband. And she said she was working on, they were working on their family. She said, um, back when she wrote, Vogue, um, that Vogue article that she was working on her family and that this was happening and seeing her living in that felt victorious, especially in light of what's going on. You know, the pressures around surrounding the modern day motherhood often force moms into roles that demand all of us, all of us all at once. It's not enough to simply be a mom, which can be the most filling, fulfilling, but also the most challenging roles a person can play. And it's like, it's really interesting because we don't talk about that enough. We don't talk about how the, the labor of motherhood, like not just taking care of a baby, but all the things that come with taking care of a baby, all the things that comes with raising a baby, all the things that come with raising a baby in this modern age where we have to be X, Y, and Z, um, before we're anything to ourselves, you know, people will quickly ask, how's the baby? How's your daughter? How's the kid? And I'm like, hi, I'm here too. Like, hi, I'm here. <laughs> Hello. Um, like Serena talked about, you know, she went from a C-section to a second that means there was two, a second pulmonary embolism to a grand slam final. And she played while breastfeeding and she played through postpartum depression. And there's going to be some people who give her a high five and say, oh, you're look at you. You're getting through this and you're going through all these things and you're still trying to make it. But I'm lamenting the conditions of our work centric society that would make a mother feel that she must must work while recovering from the birth through postpartum depression and all that comes with it. I'm frustrated with that. It, it upsets me, it upsets me and my girlfriends. Um, as, as the meme would say, <clears throat> it's a work culture <clears throat> that affords the average mother only 10 weeks, an average of 10 weeks of maternity leave. Um, it's a culture that is ignoring the modern maternal health crisis. And don't get me started about the black maternal health crisis because y'all know I can go. Um, and it doesn't value, doesn't even value parents paid leave. Moms are often sent back to work in even less time, still bleeding, still aching, still having to pump in bathroom stalls. And it shows that we don't value mothers. 
We value grind culture, a culture that will literally grind us to dust and then step over us more than we value these people who literally brought human beings to the planet through our own bodies, went to death's door, like my pastor would say, went to death's door um, just to bring back these people. And the expectation is even more intense for black mothers. For generations, mothers, black mothers specifically, couldn't even choose to stay home and be with our families. In certain places like Greenville, South Carolina, there was a law on the books that said black women, Negro women specifically, um, uh, was the words used. Negro women were being forced into labor into white homes. And if you didn't have a job, whether you wanted to or not, you would be arrested in Greenville, South Carolina for not working in these homes. Incredible. I was like, wow. So we couldn't even attempt to be stay at home moms. We couldn't even try in our history. You know, we could also talk about, you know, enslavement and the devaluation of black families and how black families were separated for commerce sold like cattle our babies taken from our arms while we're nursing someone else's kids like it's insane insane but let's let's come forward because of the, because of this legacy black mothers are expected to be superhuman we're expected to live our lives dedicated to others to work tirelessly while contending with stereotypes over 80% of black mothers are either sole, primary, or co-breadwinners in their households. And that is more than any other racial group. I'm going to say it again. Over 80% of black mothers are either sole, primary, or co-breadwinners in their household. And that is more than any other racial group of mothers. Black mother's income is vital to our family's economic security, all while we are earning a fraction of our white counterparts. Because let's not forget, there's still that pay gap for being black. Help me figure it out. Help me figure it out why we're getting paid less for our race. Doesn't make any sense. Black women aren't, aren't afforded the opportunity to choose our families over our work. And that's why Serena's decision matters. She was presented with a toxic and biased work culture, the devaluation of black motherhood and the maternal health crisis. And she looked at that whole landscape and said, you know what? I choose family. I choose family. Like I said, historically, black mothers have not been able to choose our families over work. And more than not, mothers today still can't. But it's something more mothers, more black mothers deserve the chance to do. It's something I want to do to prioritize my own growing family over a work culture that may dehumanize and degrade me. It makes sense to me. And, you know, I'm not saying this for everybody. Again, like I said at the top of this, I'm not saying this for everybody. This is not every mom's or or want to be mom's decision or even every woman's decision. This is my decision. Me. That in the I've built a life. With God's help, with God's leading, I have built a life where everything is interruptible by my daughter. She can interrupt anything she wants. If she needs me, I'm there. If she needs me, I'm available. But that 
was that's 10 years in the making. That was an intentional decision. You know, the pandemic kind of sped that up. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I didn't know that she was going to come in 2020. I didn't even know I was going to become a mother in this decade. Anyone who um, was hanging out with me on TikTok can attest because it was a random live I did in January of 2020. And I said that I, we were just talking about stuff and I was just spouting about my life. And I said, you know, I really hope to become a mom in this decade. I was 35 years old. I really hope to become a mom in this next decade of my life. Didn't know it would be the next month. <laughs> Did not know that. Um, but being able to, to choose my own kid was my choice. Being able to choose my own kid over a work culture that says grind, 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 work, work, work. Um, that looks at me like a cog in, 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 a mach in machinery was my choice. And I, I had that choice to make. And I love that Serena is choosing that. I actually love that Rihanna is choosing that too. I'm, I love that. I love seeing moms, black moms specifically. Yes, find your career. Yes, find your path. Yes, find your way. But also, in addition to that, if you choose to take today, you know, and spend time with your kid more. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what Shonda Rhimes said so beautifully. She said, every day you're not going, you know, every day you're not going to be able to have it all. There's going to be some days where you can prioritize work and hammer out work, but you're failing at being with your kids. And there's going to be some days where you are a stellar parent, an incredible parent, and work falls. And you have to decide which days are which. Paraphrase bad paraphrase but a paraphrase um and I me me Whitney I choose that every day anytime her her my daughter um and two and a half years in I have no regrets none um and I'm grateful for that Anywho, let's get, before I get emotional, let's get to an exciting portion of our show. So I hinted at a little interview that I did. It's not little, it's big. I'm very, very excited. Uh, I got a chance to speak with Tia Mowry, um, and she talked to me about motherhood and self-care, but she also talked to me about like little things, like I say little, but I'm not trying to, I promise you I'm not trying to be reductive. She talked to me about the smaller decisions, like the everyday small decisions, like taking care of yourself. Like she talked about her stomach discomfort and how lactate uh, milk really helped. Um, she talked about a recipe for a good pot of soup um, that her kids loved. And at the time of that, this interview, it was still soup season. So pardon me, I know it was May. Y'all like, what? We're in salad season. <laughs> yeah, girl, I understand that. But here we are. Anyway, long and the short, without further ado, here is my interview with Tia Maori talking about good soup and good parenting. Y'all take a listen. <laughs> you guys can go ahead and take it away. How are you? Good. How are you? I am good. I always, whenever somebody asks me that question, how am I? I always think I'm like, are my kids do they do they have both of their socks on? Are they matching? <laughs> Are they safe? Do they eat? Are they in school? 
the weather's nice outside. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> my mom corrects me whenever I answer questions like that, like, and where I immediately go to my daughter and she's like, no, no, no. Are you, are you good? I know. I know. It's something that us women just constantly have to remind ourselves and work on, you know, that self-love yeah. is so important to tap back into you. So mm -hmm. important. So yeah. Important. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to waste any of your time because I know that you are busy. You have a ton of beautiful projects that oh, you are, you. that you are doing. I'm like, oh, before I start, I would be remiss. <laughs> My younger sister is a massive fan. So she just wanted me to tell you hello. <laughs> Hi, younger sister. She didn't want to be like weird about it. She was just like, just tell her uh, I said hi and that I exist. I was like, yeah, okay, fine. So I said hi. Hi. <laughs> no, hi. I wanted to get into this. So you've teamed up with Lactade for yes. your creamy cheddar uh, potato soup. Could you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So first of all, I'm a huge fan of Lactade. Um, I discovered Lactade in college when I realized I had a lactose intolerance <laughs> or sensitivity. I'm sorry. Um, pretty much the same thing. But um, I remember being in the grocery store and I saw something that said lactate. I was like, what is this? And it said it was 100% raw milk because I love, I love milk. One of my favorite snacks um, would have to be ever since I was a younger kid and even into adulthood is cookies and milk. But I couldn't always enjoy an entire glass of milk without having any stomach discomfort. So when I discovered lactate, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's 100% real milk just without the lactose. So I don't have any stomach discomfort, you know? So I can enjoy that entire glass of um, right. milk. So I'm a foodie. I absolutely love food, especially during this time of year. It's all about the soups. I'm a huge fan of simple one pot meals, just throwing everything in there. Um, I love what real milk has to offer, meaning when you add it to a soup, the, the texture, the creaminess, the flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love that I can use lactate, um, as an ingredient, um, when I'm making this soup, um, because again, it's 100% real milk just without the lactose. So I can enjoy not just me, but the whole entire family can enjoy right. this soup without any sensitivities. <laughs> so. That's important. No, that's important because you want the people to enjoy your food. Like, you don't of want course. And cause, like, we eat to enjoy the food. <laughs> like, exactly. 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 Why, 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 why do it? And I love food, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's great that I have this option now that I don't have to sacrifice enjoying some of my favorite foods. Um, yeah. That's important. That's really, really important. And I hope you have uh, a glass of milk with your cup of cookies whenever you want. Um, or a glass of lactate, rather. Yes. Um, so you said that this is something that the family enjoys. Now, uh -huh. as a mom, I need to know because this, yes. I, I looked over the recipe. It sounds yes, gorgeous, But I'm like, mm, do the kids like it? Listen, whenever there is cheese, involved the kids <laughs> are gonna like it so I do top the soup off with you know some cheese and some chives um but I mean potatoes my kids they love potatoes um it's it's delicious it's creamy um it has a lot of flavor um so yeah I mean the kids they they love it that's good that's yeah. Really yeah you have to try it How I does cannot your wait how she just turned two. She just turned two. Oh, but she yeah, really overall, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my son, my son is a foodie. And my son, I'm telling you, at the age of three, he was eating miso soup. Like he, yeah, I know. 
he, I love that. he yeah he loves food um so he you know definitely enjoys it and he loves it that's awesome that is really really cool I'm gonna I am gonna try it because I was actually I was actually looking at your cookbook it's oh, yeah. um, the quick fix kitchen and yeah. so in my mind hi I have a two-year-old <laughs> <laughs> everything has to be quick yeah but I know keep this sucker going because Gordon yeah. at two years old is looking at me like where's my food where is it at? Um, and you're such an inspiration yeah. to moms like me, like working moms. And you, you know, you have your cookware line, Spice by Tia Mowry. You have your Netflix series, uh, The Family Reunion. You yes. Have cookbook. How <laughs> on earth do you balance it all as a mom? I know. You know, I feel like that, besides people asking me if Sister Sister's coming back, I feel like that's the most question that I get. Really? Yes. It's, and I think it's just because a lot of women, especially mothers, they want to know, like, how, how do you do it? Um, and I will say this, when I first became a mother to my son, Cree, um, almost 12 years ago, I was driving myself crazy, trying to find balance, mm. meaning I thought that it was something that was tangible. Um, mm. It was this, in my opinion, now, unrealistic expectation. So I don't believe that you can balance everything. And it started with me becoming aware of that, realizing that and being okay with that. Meaning there are going to be days where I spend more time on work and less on my children. I would get and feel very guilty about it. But now um, I've learned to kind of find different perspectives, meaning it's important for my children to see mommy work hard. It's important for my children to visually see, because children learn through behavior, that whatever I want in life, my dreams, my aspirations, I have to work towards. Um, and then there are days where I'm spending more time with my children. You know, just recently we had gone to Universal Studios and we spent the whole entire, yeah, like spent the whole entire day there. So I've learned that, you know, yes, it's important to uh, prioritize, meaning create some sort of to-do list, but don't get so fixated and obsessed with checking off the to-do list. Um, have grace with yourself. Mm. Uh, forgive yourself that mm. some things are going to be completed. Some things are not going to be completed. Know that you're going to eventually get to it. Um yeah, so that's that's how I would answer that question. That's that's <laughs> perspective shifting. You're like you stop mm -hmm. seeking the balance because you're never gonna find it. But no, seek what you need in the moment. Yeah. And I love yes, that. yeah, exactly. exactly. That's exactly, exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. And I don't uh, think enough. Thank you. I don't think enough like moms talk about that. Like no. everything is about balance, 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 work-life balance and kids balance, balance. And it's oh like, yeah. Off balance. Or being, yes. Or being perfect. Like, I feel like, talk we about as, that? yeah, I feel like we, as moms, we think that being the best mom is being the perfect mom. Mm. Right. But actually in my opinion, when I feel fulfilled as being a mom is when I'm living out my truth and my authenticity, mm. which means, you know, like the other day, mommy was sad and I wasn't like, oh God, I'm going to not let my son see me sad. I was like, you know, it's, it's, it's okay for him to see me sad. And I told him, I said, Cree, 
it's okay to not be okay. And to me, that is being an incredible mom. It's not being perfect. It's not having this white picket fence. Um, it's being true to who you are um, and just living in your authenticity and living in your humanity, should I say, you know what I mean? Not yeah, being yeah. a robot and trying to be perfect and all of yeah. that. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times they train, it feels like we're being trained as mothers to be more robotic or to, oh, to, to pour out and never be restored. Um, exactly. I, I've seen that you do a lot of things with like your own health and wellness yeah. and self-care, yeah. things like that. Could you give us a few tips on like yeah. how to make sure we're okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I will say this. Let's talk about wellness in general um, yeah. first. Yes. And I'll bring it back to lactate because again, it was about me being and becoming aware of my sensitivities and listening to my body and saying, okay what is going on here, and then doing something about it. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, you know, definitely, of course, researching, discovering that there was another alternative and an option that I could still enjoy the things that I enjoy. Um, but now I'm loving on myself and treating myself right mm -hmm. um, by, you know, discovering something like lactate. Mm -hmm. Because again, like I said, it's something that I enjoy, which is real milk. It's just without the lactose, which doesn't give me, you know, any stomach discomfort. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, so that's more of, you know, cause I'm a foodie. The other mm -hmm. thing is when it comes to wellness, I've been a huge advocate of mental health. Mm -hmm. um, just really kind of tapping into meditation. Mm -hmm. um, even like as a mom, it's, it's hard, but sleep getting proper sleep, but being, but being disciplined to go yeah. to sleep earlier, right? Yeah. So that I can wake up at a, because my daughter, I was just saying earlier, I don't know if you heard, she, she woke me up at 630 this morning, um, just wanting to hang out <laughs> in my room. And I'm like, okay. But of course, when you, you know, get yourself in bed at a decent time, so anyway, um, it's all about nurturing, catering to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, Self-care isn't selfish, meaning it's okay to put yourself mm -hmm. first because how can you be the best mom, the best wife, the best CEO, the best whatever um, if you don't take care of yourself? Um, also, just focusing on things that make me happy, right? Like just creating some sort of a list in my head. And one thing that makes me happy is cooking and being in the kitchen with my children, making, you know, meals like the soup, making breakfast with my children, making, you know, having, enjoying cookies and, and milk, you know, with our lactate milk. It, it, moments like that just really puts a smile on my face. So tapping more into creating those memories and moments, it means a lot to me. I love that. I love happiness. that so much. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, thank you so much for your time, Jay. I know that my time oh. is run up and I don't want to take any extra. I know no. that you are exceedingly busy. I am grateful uh, for your time. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. Take care I can't wait. I cannot wait to get this written up. Um, oh, yay. <laughs> if you have so any excited. questions, just let me know. Absolutely. And I'm okay. going to now try black tape. Okay. I yes, feel of like course. I feel like, you know, like maybe, you know, look into that. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's, it's great. We make smoothies with it. My yeah. son, um, we always have him um, drink a glass of milk before he goes to bed at night, every night. So we have our cup of lactate. You know, everybody in the house, we have a lactose sensitivity. So again, to be able to enjoy, um, you know, ingredients and things that we like is, it, it's a win-win. Thanks to lactate. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Yes, so. I will definitely look into that. Thank you so Thank much you. for your time. Thank you, everybody. I see okay. Isn't Tia just delightful? Like, she's so delightful. She's so down to earth. That's she's the person that you see is the person that you get. Like, she's just so delightful and so sweet. Um, thank you so much to Tia and her team for chatting with me, um, talking with me. Um, I really, really enjoyed our chat. And that is this week's episode of the Reclaim Podcast. Before we leave, I want to send some love to anyone who is struggling this Mother's Day or around the issue of motherhood for people who've lost children or are estranged, are estranged with their children, to people who don't have a relationship with their mother or never did, um, to people who long to be mothers, to be parents, to people who are frustrated with their mother um, or their children, to people who motherhood, mother, Mother's Day, anything that highlights motherhood feels painful, hurtful, icky. Um, to y'all, I want to send y'all so much love, so much love. I recognize that days like this can trigger and hurt, um, and I want you to take care of you. Make sure you're taking care of you. Spend time with you. Um, do what you can to stay happy and healthy and whole. Um, but I wanted to definitely send love to you before I close out this episode. Um, thank you guys for being here. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your subscribes. Don't forget, please don't forget to leave a review. Tell the people um, what you think about the show. Drop five stars. Um, tell a friend, share. Let folks know what you think. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, don't forget that you can join the dopest group of patrons on Patreon. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Wendy Elise. The link is always in the show notes, but that link again is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Whitney Elise. Um, exclusive content, exclusive podcast, um, paywall free links, all that stuff. Um, and access to me you know, so I'm going to start doing more over there. Like I'm, I'm already doing a lot over there, but I'm going to start doing more over there. Um, as I have some more free time, um, cause there's some things I really want to discuss, but I really do want to discuss it in the context of a safer situation. Um, what else? Nope. That's it. That's all the announcements. Also, I will be linking the article that I wrote for parents in the show notes, um, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And as always, peace, y'all.